So we will start uh, with uh, JD. Uh, JD Morris. Um, we have a special purpose entity, so or special purpose vehicles. So we don't really have a firm. We just have a family of special companies set up, LLCs, you know, et cetera. Uh, one of the new LLCs that we're starting is a fund of funds. So if you're interested in investing with Carlisle, uh, if you're invested in SoftBank, there's good reasons to invest with SoftBank. There's some bad news for them recently, but I don't think it's bad news. Um, if you're interested in NEA, New Enterprise Associates, if you want to co-invest in deals with them, then that's what that organization is going to do. Um, another one we're starting is a Mayfield fund. So if, if you have ties to the coming over on the Mayfield and you know this book called the Preppy Handbook, it's a really interesting book. You'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you then uh, we have a lot of fun and we do a lot of joking and it's not. You know, if you're crossing your arms because I said that, then you're probably not good for us. But if you're if you were waving, saying, "Hey, I want to meet you afterwards," then you're probably good for that group. Um, and uh, we just have a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking to replace two good friends. You're, you're supposedly you know, or good as five people you know. And let me know if I'm running too long. Uh, five people you know, and so two of them passed away. One of them uh, was in the Ford administration, setting up Export-Import Bank with uh, Tim Draper's dad and uh, coached the CEO of Lehman Brothers, and uh, just a real good, upstanding white knight guy. Uh, the other guy, John, uh, was president of his class at John Hopkins, so he knows almost every kid's or future, you know, came President King or whatever, uh, that went to John Hopkins International School, and he's just a real good guy, too. He's another white knight. And so we have a stable, like, 10 really strong white knights, so if you have a problem, I can, I, I can help you meet white knights, or I might be able to be the white knight, I doubt it. Um, but if you're looking for somebody to be that tough black knight guy, we don't do that. We, right. do, we just help people out. So that's the quick way of who I am. Got it. That's the quick way. All right. So, uh, Adam. Thank you, <laughs> uh, Good afternoon, everyone. The quick way. Quicker yeah, way. Super quick. quicker. <laughs> Non-English way, the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, name, my name is Adam Freed, and I run the K Fund, which is a private equity investment company that focuses in investing across the consumer and technology sectors. Uh, we're comprised of 30 family offices, uh, domestic and abroad, who participate through our fund structure, uh, as well as we offer significant co-investment opportunities and follow-ons for our families. Um, our strategy is we invest in well-perform, we, we take minority, minority positions in well-performing growing companies, um, and we tend to invest where we can make a difference and or have a strategic advantage. Um, we, tend to, uh, we tend to bring in um, relationships and operational expertise really grounded in the ecosystem of families. Um, and we tend to provide you know, vendors, relation, uh, relationships in the form of vendors, suppliers, customers, partners, and investors into our companies. Uh, we invest like a family office, and we can go where traditional funds can't go. Uh, we prefer to uh, invest with families and into uh, closely held businesses uh, and tend not to invest in highly or widely marketed transactions. And uh, what kind of industries are you focused on? So we focus on uh, consumer okay. and technology. What kind of technology? So low-tech tech, tech-enabled tech enterprise software, um, you know, under, underpinnings of core themes, such as simplifying supply chains, bringing technology into antiquated industries. Uh, on the consumer side, healthier for you, better for you, 
enhancing and really creating a consumer experience. Okay. Uh, and then we touch upon healthcare as well. Okay, awesome, healthcare. I wanna get back to that too right. in a bit. Uh, Thomas? Yes, good afternoon. Uh, we are the family office based in Shanghai, China and Los Angeles. Uh, we serve for uh, many top wealthy families from Southeast Asia and China uh, to help them to allocate assets in the United States, such, such as real estate, uh, PE, and venture capital, and alternative investments. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the industries for these VCs' well, private equity? Uh, my background is a little bit different because everybody knows that the wealth accumulation accelerated in China in past 10, 15 years really, really quickly, even though everybody knows that the economy slowed down because of the trade war. Uh, thankfully, the phase one just passed. Who knows next? But the private sector, the private money accelerated, accumulate very, very fast. And these people are smart. They want to rebalance and re reallocate their assets domestically and overseas. So our goal is to help them to find a good investment to invest and find a reliable return. What's a good investment? Well, that's different area. They want life insurance, they want real estate, they want alternative investment. As of time being, we are looking for double-digit reliable uh, return, you know, such as this morning, um, Richard mentioned that uh, uh, life settlements and et cetera, you know. Got it, yep, excellent. Bo? I'm Bo Magnuson, I'm Managing Director of Gold Coast Angel Investors here in Miami. Uh, I've been in the early stage investing, angel investing world for eight years, private equity, about 12 years, 15, and then I've done, uh, been part of six different startups myself. Uh, we look for early stage investments that can give us at least an eight to 10x return within four years, five max. Five years is our horizon, we try to exit out uh, quickly, uh, relatively quickly. Uh, the caveats being we will look for four to six X returns if we think it's a 24 to 36 month flip. So uh, that's the brief, the brief description of what we do. I've been in this industry for a while and I, I, and I apologize, Andres, I did not get the memo for wearing a dark suit up here, so I apologize for that. I'm wearing, this suit, does this suit look dark to you? I'm with you, Bo. On the panel, on the panel I mean. I asked, I was like, what's Bo wearing this morning, man? It's that southern twang, man. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, so, um, Bo, we've done several panels yeah, together. Correct. Why, why are you here? What brings you to these type of communities? Well, you asked me, first of all. Yeah, but uh, no, I think what we do is, is, is really a democratization, Andres, of what of early stage investing because for people like Thomas or, or uh, anyone else up here, uh, they're typically, if they're going to invest, it's in things that they probably know some know well, but it might limit what your your areas are, uh, because no one wants to write a half million or million dollar check. It's something they really don't have a grasp on. Yeah. And so, what we allow family offices and individuals to do is to invest maybe twenty five thousand or fifty thousand to build that asset class into things that look like they have good good basics, good fundamentals, a good solid management team, as Richard mentioned in the last uh, in the last segment. But maybe they just don't have a grasp totally on, on that sector. We allow really what's called, a, we call it democratization of that investing, allow those family offices or individuals to participate at a lower level if they want to, or if they want to write a million dollar check, they can because we do deals big enough to do that. But it allows this, the groups to, to kind of get their toe in the water of areas maybe they aren't as familiar with. Great, excellent, thank you, Bo. 
Uh, and uh, let's uh, move on. We have uh, uh, another Thomas here. Uh, Thomas, if you can just uh, let us know uh, about you, about the company, and then I got a really quick follow-up question for you because I was looking over your one pager earlier uh, for for uh, for Thrive. So, thank you, Andres. So my name is Thomas Far Porsche. I'm CEO and co-founder of Thrive Bioscience in the Boston area. And at Thrive, we're automating a very neglected area, but critically important area, which is cell culture and stem cell culture. So we've raised about uh, $22 million, uh, mostly from family offices, such as Estee Lauder family, Milstein family. We've also raised funds from seven angel groups, including Landmark Angels. I see Bill Pod here. Uh, we have uh, just had our first shipments uh, this month, uh, so we're uh, transitioning to a revenue-generating uh, company. Our sales are to pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies that um, conduct cell-based uh, research, which is almost um, all labs. Prior to uh, founding Thrive, I've, uh, Thrive's my 10th company. I've had four multi-billion dollar exits. I've started companies such as Exact Sciences, it's a public company um, that sells Cologuard, which is a replacement for colonoscopies. Um, I started Cytic, 90% uh, of all pap smears um, use Cytic equipment, um, and as a result, uh, cervical cancer rates are down. That company was acquired for about six billion. Um, I've started some software and, and analytics companies as well. Thank you. Great, excellent. Thank you so much. And uh, I want to know. I mean, so you've had some great exits, raised 22 million. What brings you to these events? You know, you what? You know, why do you find value after successfully raising through family offices? Do you see success in these clubs? What do you think sets you apart? What allows you to be able to raise that capital? So interestingly, um, even though I've had these these exits, um, all of them have been difficult to raise money for, including this one. And in all my companies, we do something completely new or change, change an industry. And the venture capitalists typically are very nervous about investing. You might think it sounds great. I have no competition, but that also scares them. It's family offices and angels, and, and many of those angel groups include people who either have family offices or are transitioning. They generally have run businesses themselves. They've maybe done something that nobody else did, and they are really some of the best investors. They, they often are credited as being patient, and I generally find that's the case. But interestingly, in most of my uh, companies were venture-backed. Venture capitalists often are not patient. They often sometimes don't want to exit when it is time to exit, um, and they hold on too long. But I find family offices are really the best at understanding our businesses, they're really, really excellent investment partners, but they are very hard to find. So that's why, why I'm here. Nice. Uh, Bo, back to you because I saw you kind of reacting there. Like, compared to, you know, Thomas raising today versus when he had his exits in the past, what do you think's changed a lot within, like, investor groups, investor clubs, when you guys are looking at deals, let's say, 10, 15 years ago versus today? Well, there's more deal flow, I think, and better vetted deal flow. I think groups like this, something that, uh, that I wanted to mention about particularly this group and what you guys, what Richard has done, is that, and the reason I keep coming back to these is because we get, not only do we get potential investors who want to look at our deals, but just as importantly, Andres, I get a, a 
couple, every, every meeting, a couple of family offices that come to me and say, you know what, we are looking at these type of deals and we really don't have a due diligence team or a subject matter expert team to look at this. It looks good, but can you kind of help us put together maybe a subject matter expert team, which we're glad to do because we've got enough people that maybe we know somebody in that sector or in that vertical where we can match them up and, and give that family office a chance to really dig deeper into it. So that's the other part of this that every time I'm, every event we do here with you guys, which is why I'm glad to do it, there's some kind of value that we, we generate. But as far as the change is, we're getting more deal flow. The more capital comes in, the more organization there is, the more structure there is, whether it's in Silicon Valley, whether it's in Austin, Texas, Atlanta, here, Manhattan, wherever, you're gonna get more deal flow and the more checks get written, the more people know where to go to get the checks, the more deals come out of the closets or come out of the garages, and you just get a flywheel going that creates a critical mass. I think that's what's changed uh, and will continue to change and evolve over the next few years. And, and uh, I want to go to you, Thomas, as well. Yes, uh, I have to agree with you 100%. And uh, I met with Richard Wilson um, a few weeks ago in Singapore. I found out this is very impressive, so that's why I come here for this conference. And uh, to me, uh, raising capital is not, never, never a problem. I can raise a lot of money in a few weeks, few months. The problem is deal flow. As, you know, like different category, like real estate, we have expertise who can look into real estate deal, and we have expertise can look into venture capital who is focused on healthcare device, but we are not expert for everything, anything. So we love to come here to, uh, to be together with the you know, family office and uh, people here who knows the deal. We like would love to co-invest with well-known family office that to help us to do the due diligence. That's the purpose here. Okay, excellent. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. So there's there's a significant proliferation of these of these groups and families coming together to to do deals together. Uh, the real genesis of the K Fund is really an ecosystem that I had built uh, while managing a large family office in New York, um, and really just the families coming together, collaborating, sharing deal flow, sharing expertise, where families actually have great deal flow, they just don't really know what to do with it, how to execute on it, how to structure it, and, how to, and really how to move that process forward, uh, given most families have you know, limited human resources in terms of teams and, and uh, deal teams. Um, and really the K Fund came together as initially seven families came forward and were like, how can we participate in a more meaningful and, and systematic way uh, with what you're doing? Uh, and that was really the birth of, of what we do, uh, which is really today this ecosystem of 30 family office investors where we share opportunities, where we lend operational expertise, uh, relationships, access, so that we, we not only have an edge in terms of operational due diligence on the way in, but once we invest in these companies, we actually have a way of creating equity value through bringing together suppliers, vendors, partners, you know, investors, do and you, other relationships. Do you guys ever find like resistance when you're trying to get in there operationally? Uh, so we're, we are low touch, high impact investors. We don't come in to operate these businesses, uh, but we come in to help and facilitate these well-performing, growing companies, per, you know, grow. Got it. And JD, can you explain a little bit more about your due diligence process, how you guys are utilizing investor clubs, and what really stands out for you? Yeah. 
the, the, the best thing you can do, because most of you guys here are pretty wired, is figure out who, and I, I hate to use this word, but it's a very easy word, who is the benevolent dictator of that organization? So, so Tech Coast Angels. Who's the what? I call it benevolent dictator. He basically, they run the group. And that's a guy in charge. And if you don't know them, then you're probably wasting your time with that group. And you come into that, if you can get that introduction, and I have a, friend, a few friends that run like Tech Coast Angels, uh, a big fund out of a club out of DC. Um, <clears throat> if you can get an introduction to those people, then you're gonna get the best deals. So one of my friends helped start 500 startups. He pulled together all the people for that. And one of my friends helped start, uh, put together 30 of the 60 people that did, did Tech Coast Angels in, uh, in uh, LA. And so if you can find the person that founded the organization, the godfather, or the guy that's running it, then you're gonna have access to all the information you need. How do you find them? You look them up on, uh, you, you go to Tiger 21, and you find out who's running the small Tiger 21 group of 17 people, and you become friends with them, or you help, I can help you become a member of, of running a group of Tiger 21. And that's, this group's probably the best, I think, out of all of them uh, that I found, and it's just amazing, and you can't, it's unparalleled. But there are other groups you should pay attention to. And so, you know, LinkedIn, through your friends, um, and then find somebody that knows them, and so it's all about personal networks. And, and then so what we do is we set up a small uh, special purpose entity that has a goal. And then we use our Rolodex to find people that meet that goal. And then we can pull in a deal. We can pull in money. Um, and so it's about putting a, putting a stake in the ground and then figuring out how to drive everything you can possible uh, to that. So we have one family office, they have an institute, and they're very big into DNA and RNA, and they, they actually wrote the check to map DNA. Um, they wrote that check. And then they were, you know, they were told, RNA doesn't matter. And so they now have some, some stuff at Yale, Institute at Yale, and a couple other places that is exploring RNA. But you need to find who your friends are, who your tribe is, your five best friends, and you guys need to say, what do we want to do together? And it might be your five best friends from your country club, your five best friends from sailing, your five best friends from vacation together. You don't have to have one group of five friends, but five to 14 guys, get beyond 14. You figure out what you guys want to do together. You might set up an institute. You might fund something at a university. Um, and then you really go after that problem, and you're going to do some amazing things, and you're going to find amazing people, and especially in a crowd like that. So like this, I mean, so we're doing a fund of funds and we have direct access to all the top venture capital funds, but we don't have deal flow. And, but, but the nice thing about it is we'll probably co-invest with them and not have to worry about that. So we'll invest in small funds and then we'll invest in and uh, co-invest with the bigger funds. Excellent. And through that, that method, you're gonna meet a lot of great people. Awesome. Yeah, please. I'd say that the mere size of the group here today. And just real quick, I'm gonna start asking the audience if they have any questions in a second. So if you wanna prepare some questions. So the mere size of the group here today is, is a clear indication that families want to collaborate and want to participate with one another in some capacity or another. And so while this is a larger forum, there are people in other groups that actually bring families together in a smaller capacity. You know, myself and the K Fund, you know, we often bring families together now here in Miami, given that I recently moved, uh, as well as in Los, Los Angeles, Dallas, and, um, and New York. So for anyone who's interested in participating in smaller group gatherings of families, you know, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome, excellent. Uh, great, so does, uh, does anybody in the audience have questions right there, that enthusiastic man in the back? 
think I heard you rapping at dinner yesterday. Is that you? Oh, my God. You guys had a good time at dinner yesterday. I remember seeing you guys. Are you going to perform for us, too? No, I'm kidding. I'm very impressed. Uh, so my, my question is, you know, um, if your five best friends, your, your network doesn't have the ability to come up with the funds, you know, you guys are talking about family office partnerships and, you know, where to invest and where to spend. And you need to be very, very well connected in a lot of the, 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 the situations that you guys are talking about. So how does the, the average startup you know, raise the capital that they need to be successful um, in a starving, constrained market, um, even though we have, you know, the best quality products that are available, and if we're not known, if we're not public, if we don't have the, 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 the five friends in our back pocket or the partnerships with the family offices that you guys have, how do we, re how do we go about it? Pick two panelists to answer your question. Okay, I, I'd like to answer that. Nice. Who else can answer that? I'm, I'm, I'm from Alabama, so I can relate to what he's talking about. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, 30, seconds. Point, I've, 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I raised $300,000 of seed capital in Mobile, Alabama for a tech startup in 1999. Uh, Does anybody uh, remember what in the middle capital of the, markets were like? In the middle of the internet bubble? Do what? In the middle of the internet bubble? At the end of it. So... Point being, I should have quit right there because that's the crowning glory of my, of my career. But my point is, there were, when I moved here to Miami and we first opened this office here, I knew more people. There's more people on the stage here than I knew in Miami when I moved here. Okay? So it's, it's about going out and making yourself available, knocking on doors, picking up the phone, willing to have the knuckles on your fingers bleed because you've knocked on enough doors. And it's just grind. And you're obviously here, so you've got that within you. But it's not easy. There's no, magic, there's no magic dart, at least for me, at least when I was. In a market like this, you put yourself in a target-rich environment so you can help yourself. But there's no magic bullet. It's just, it's just grinding. But, Bo, he said he has the best products. Yes. Well, that will make it easier then. It's well, just, but it's getting, people, getting in front of the right people who can write the checks. And that's just, that's just putting yourself out there and, and knocking in doors. And that's, you know, it's common sense, it's common knowledge, you know, it's, you know, get out there and talk to as many people, network as much as you can, right? There's no secret recipe to make, you know, success. It's, you know, if you have a passion, drive, and a freaking successful product behind you. But having a team, I think you can also put a team around the, you the team, of people I, I who agree. can give you credibility in areas where you don't have it. You might be an engineer, but you don't have operational experience. Shoot, man, be, I, I'm not an engineer. I just, I can grow the best weed in the world. That's what I do. Well, find somebody <laughs> who's got distribution relationships or distribution expertise, whatever it happens to be, yeah. or anyone named Escobar, maybe. That's, no. And, and, and that, at the end of the day, that's, that's what our company does. I personally don't, um, but, you know, we, we are a CBD cannabis company in Canada, the and best. we can provide the absolute best product that the market is, is suffering from right now. So, but see, let's, let's get, uh, let's get I'll, I want another panelist to answer your question, but what I'll say is, like, everyone's the best, you know, so why are you well, we, we've spent four years genetically modifying uh, cannabis strains to be able to amplify the largest amount of CBD with the lowest amount of THC levels. JD, do you want to answer this yeah, question? Let, let me answer that question real, real quickly. And, and it's my Achilles heel, my best part of me. Be loud. Talk about what you're doing. Don't be the unknown guy. Don't be the guy in the corner of the room with the best idea but doesn't know. And I can tell you one case story 
that a, that a friend of mine went out to lunch in, in Beverly Hills. Real quick, he just sorry. And he lost his job, and he was talking about all the things he did. And because he was loud, Tim Draper, whose father was you know, a big VC guy, turned around and said, would you like to hit our LA fund? And he got the job. So if you're not loud and people don't know what you're doing, then, then you're going to have a little, a little harder time. But you, know, you have to choose. Do you want to be loud? Do you want to wear a red hat? Or do you want to be, the, be a more conservative person? That, that, so you have to choose. Well, your why, why do you think you, I'm standing up you, here with a microphone? You picked the loud part. So, so, <laughs> and the other thing I'm going to say is about being loud, guys, is that you've got to ask loud questions. You can be a loud talker. But if you're not asking qualified questions to find out if that investor actually cares about what you have, right? If you're not really picking up on the signals, on the specifics of what they're looking for, then everybody's just gonna go around and say, I'm the best this, I'm the best that, you know, we have the best returns, we have the best product. Can I, can I but that, that doesn't make you unique. Can I ask me that quickly? Huh? Can I ask me that quickly? I, got, I wanna get one more question from the audience, is that okay? Yep. All right, so uh, questions, guys. All right, great, in the front. Um, hi, uh, Steve Flanagan, I run a, uh, nine portfolio angel investment fund in the uh, marijuana CBD space. Uh, this quarter we're breaking even uh, with two companies. Next quarter, or excuse me, Q4 will be about five million in EBITDA. So the question that I have is we're looking to do uh, equipment financing uh, for this space and any thoughts on how to narrow the, uh, the, the folks that would specialize or be interested in that kind of a, a tax advantaged investment. For it or Bo? Bo? Uh, well, there's, I think there are people here that do alternative financing from equipment perspective. And regardless, those would be agnostic of industry, whether it's medical devices or, you know, hay baling devices or CBD devices. If you've got a model that's generating revenues and generating profits and you can show how you can mitigate the, the cost of that equipment, you'll be able to find someone to, to finance your equipment for you. So I, I've been in companies where, because of the stage or, or whatever, it's hard to get equipment financing. And a couple of times, I've had some of my current investors guarantee a portion of it in return for warrants. Uh, the equipment financer maybe doesn't appreciate the value of those warrants as much as investor, but it's a way for them to get, without necessarily putting even any cash out, by, um, by guaranteeing a little bit better return. Fantastic. Thank you. I was, I was, what I was going to add was, you know, m most people, you know, kind of the hold it up closer. The two previous questions were around really how do, how do people meet meet the right people, and the right people are here, and so meet them, <laughs> um, and be you know really create a value proposition that is of interest to them, and then be the person that they would want to do business with and you'll do business with them. Thomas, it looks like Can I say some something? Uh, when you're looking for an investor, you have to look for their uh, characteristic, you know, uh, what they're looking for, what kind of investor is that, exactly. uh, what, what, what they really need at this moment, you know. For my investor, because my background, uh, this, uh, the first generation of the wealth family, they, their wealth uh, accumulate really, really fast, rapidly, for past 10, 15 years, they are looking for something really different from the wealthy family in the United States. They're looking for the identity change. They want go, you know, participate in the EB-5 program to get a green card maybe. They want to get a new passport. 
uh, and uh, they want to send a kiss to the, uh, the top private school in the United States or UK. So you probably can get into this kind of circle to find out you know, who they are, uh, what they're looking for to serve them, you know, be their friends. And uh, I always trust, as Richard just mentioned, that the best deal, the best client is family, uh, is a friend referral, or the trustable you know, partner referral. I, I love the referral you know, you know, connection. Excellent. Great. Fantastic. All right. Glad that panel was lively. If we can please give a big round of applause to our panelists. <laughs>